sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No, Sensei. Get him a body bag, Johnny! Yeah! Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. How's everybody doing today? I could be doing better myself. See, about an hour and a half ago, I recorded this episode, got halfway through, and I uh, was using this new mic that I bought. And the reason I bought a new mic is, number one, I wanted to have better audio, and also I noticed previously I was having some white noise. And I thought, hey, buying a new mic should fix that problem. Well, I came into a new problem. The new mic fixed the white noise problem that I have, but it also lowered my volume level. Now keep in mind, I've adjusted all of my levels accordingly, and when I've compared both mics back to back, so to speak, this mic that I'm using now is about a 70% higher volume level than the one that I per- that I purchased. So I said, screw it, I'm going to take it back, I'm going to use this current mic that I've been using, and next week, when I have a big special guest planned, I will have a new mic, and I will have the white noise problem fixed. The audio will be just as good as it is now, but again, it won't have the white noise problem. So I, I apologize, people. I do recognize that that white noise is there, but hopefully it hasn't gotten in the way of the actual episodes and you've been able to ignore it for the most part. So in regards to the movie I'm talking this week, I'm doing some of my science project. Now, I'm finally getting into my science project. I said a couple weeks ago that I was going to do my science project, but other movie reviews came into play. And I am the reason I'm happy to be doing this is because out of all the movies I've done, this is the one that I've seen the most. I've easily seen this movie over 50 times. And the reason I've seen it so much is it's a very quotable film. I love the one-liners in this film. It's a very good, fun film. And I'm definitely going to get into that when I review the movie for the second time, which will be the first time for you. But before I go ahead and get into my review of my science project, let's get into some movie and music news of the week. Alright, now before I get into the movie and music news of the week, I want to make an announcement. 
Um, next week is going to be a special episode. And the reason I say that is, is I had this crazy idea that I would invite one of my good buddies, Jason, on the show. But I knew how busy he is that he probably wouldn't be able to come on. And no, I'm not talking Jason Voorhees. I'm talking the Jason, Mr. Flakes, Film and Focus, Shadowy Flight, Show Me a Winston. You know what Jason I'm talking about. Well, my good friend said that he is down because we are going to be talking some Buried. Buried is an excellent Ryan Reynolds film. Now, if you are not a fan of Ryan Reynolds, that's okay. You still need to watch this film. It's a very, it's a very low-budget film. It's basically just Ryan Reynolds stuck in a box being buried alive. Uh, it's an excellent film, and the reason I wanted to get Jason on is, number one, I know that he likes the film. I enjoy the film a lot, but he's also a filmmaker, if you didn't know already. And I would definitely want to get a filmmaker's perspective on this film. And I am very excited that he has obliged and said that we are going to talk this film. Now, uh, it's going to be next week sometime. I don't know the exact day. We're still working that out. Uh, he might bring Dan along. If he does, that would be sweet. If it's just me and him, that's cool too. So, be on the lookout for that episode next week. And please, please watch the film before you listen to it because we're definitely going to get in-depth into the movie Obviously, there's going to be spoilers, but it's going to be a very good talk. Uh, I'm very excited about this film. I highly recommend it. It's a very, very good uh, film, and obviously, we'll get into it next week. So, basically, the reason I'm telling you this now is that I'm going to save the majority of my real good, juicy movie news that I found for when Jason shows up on that episode because I really want to get his thoughts on some good stuff. Namely about The Man of Steel, which I'll just say right now, uh, The Man of Steel has moved its release date from the end of 2012 to the summer of 2013. And uh, I have a very, I have a strong opinion on that, which I'm going to talk about, and I can't wait to hear Jason's uh, thoughts on that as well. So that is one of the biggest topics that I'm going to be talking about with him in the movie and music news section. So really the only thing that I have in regards to this week that I want to talk about real quick, if you're a fan of Superman Returns, which I am, uh, they have finally released the opening sequence that was deleted. It's going to be on the Blu-ray of the Superman anthology, but if you go to moviehold.net, you can actually click on the watch the deleted opening sequence of Superman Returns. It's basically where Clark returns to Krypton. You can watch that online now. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear people's thoughts on that. If you want to watch it and then send your thoughts to me, sweep the lake podcast at yahoo.com, I would definitely want to hear what you have to say about it. I will give my thoughts on that next week as well. Um, other interesting news is Bruce Willis. Uh, obviously, he's making movies still, and uh, they hit the theater. I'm not used to him being a direct-to-DVD guy, and his next movie coming up, it's called Setup, is actually going to be going direct-to-DVD. It's a Lion Gates film, so I'm not 100% sure why they've decided not to release it in the theater, but just go to the DVD, but hey, it is what it is. So outside of that, music news, uh, the only thing I have to say is that uh, my Iron Eagle episode, I had 12 Stones new release single, Bulletproof. Uh, it currently is number one on the SMW Rock Charts. If you don't know what that chart is, go look it up, guys. Uh, it is very exciting to see 12 Stones hit number one. I actually have a few of my fans that listen to the show right in and tell me, hey, I'm now a fan of 12 Stones because of your show, and I thought that that was super cool. I'm glad that I'm able to share music that not many people may know about 
per se that listen to my show, but hopefully I think that they'll enjoy the music and want to run out and get it. Kind of like my music spotlight, I just heard a, a band I've never heard of before, and uh, their their song was so was so amazing. I got to play it as the music spotlight, which I'll get into later. So congratulations, Twelve Stones hit number one on that. Hopefully on the other charts as well, iTunes charts, uh, mainstream, all that good stuff. You guys will hit number one. The other thing I want to talk about was P.O.D. Uh, I am a, I like P.O.D. a lot. I haven't played any of the music on the show. If you don't know who P.O.D. is, I'm sure you know September 11th. Everybody knows what September 11th is. Their CD Satellite was released on that day, and their song Alive was a big MTV explosion. I mean, the music video is with a guy in a car, gets hit by a bus, he keeps running over. Uh, I know you guys know this song. I'm going to play just a couple snippets. The reason why I'm talking about P.O.D. is their new single is actually released free on their website, www.payableondeath.com. Go check that on out, which I'm going to play for you in just a second here. But if you are not familiar with P.O.D., I'm sure you're going to know these songs. Check it out. Okay, so here's just a quick snippet of their new single. It's called On Fire. So go check this on out at www.payableondeath.com. Alright guys, that is it for movie and music news for this week. Like I said, I'm going to save all the good stuff for next week. But let's go ahead and get into the movie review of the week, My Science Project. Finally, I can get into some My Science Project. Now I'll tell you, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get into podcasting was just so I could review this film. 
this is one of my movies that I saw as a kid, I love as a kid, and I would continue to watch it as I got older and still enjoyed it just as much as I did the first time. As I said, I've probably seen the movie over 50 times, so it's definitely the movie that, out of all the ones I've reviewed so far, the one that I've seen the most. And um, if you don't know, when I was on Show Me the Winston uh, with Jason, Dan, and Aaron, we kind of talked about my science project. We were talking about time travel movies, and uh, this movie came up and how, you know, it's it's really, really good. And, you know, and one thing about this movie is is there's probably about five or six movies that are quotable, at least for me, that still to this day I can just recite the line out of nowhere because it's one of my favorite lines. And it's because I know it's from that certain movie. This is in my top three. Uh, on the show, if you didn't, if you didn't actually hear it, it's episode, I believe, 40 of Show Me the Winston. And I said, hey, kid, why you wear sunglasses at night? Because when you cool, the sun shines on you 24 hours a day. You know, it, it was just a funny moment. And this movie has tons and tons of great lines. And they all come from the same source, which is Vinny. I'll get into him in a minute, but if you don't basically know the premise of this film, uh, in Sweden, they actually thought it was a mix between Ghostbusters and Back to the Future, so they actually call it Timebusters. And the movie starts off where, as a, as a small plot summary, an orb, uh, an alien vessel, engine, spaceship, whatever you want to call it, basically an orb comes crashing down and it's found by the U.S. military in 1957. The president at the time, which is Dwight Eisenhower, he orders the vessel to be destroyed. The orb is then placed in a military junkyard for future analysis. And over time, the device is forgotten and becomes lost. But we get the main star of our film, which is Mike, um, Michael, um, real cool guy, played by John Stockwell. He's basically a gearhead. And we have bookworm Ellie. And she's played by Danielle Von Zernick. And they break into the military junkyard to find a science project for Mike's class. Mike accidentally falls through a trap door into an old underground fallout shelter. That's where he finds what's basically called the gizmo. It's the engine of the orb that crashed. And unknown to them, it's an engine of a crash UFO. Michael unknowingly activates this device when trying to clean it. So he could basically pass it off as a science project. And they refer to this simply as the gizmo. Not gizmo from Gremlins, but they just call it gizmo. It demonstrates strange properties such as absorbing electricity from nearby devices. Michael and his friends plug it into a power source. It begins to materialize objects from other times and dimensions. Now, when a science teacher, played by the ever-so-lovely Dennis Hopper, experiments by plugging the orb directly into a power grid, starts a chain reaction that the warp will bring dimensions... Well, basically, it starts a chain reaction that warps the dimensions and time around it. You know, it's coming in into their current time, all these different time warps, dimensions, all that fun stuff. So basically we have past, present, future colliding in a whirlwind vortex which engulfs the school that they currently attend and Michael and his friends got to stop it. Now, that's basically the, the plot of the film. Now, this isn't your typical time travel movie. They don't go too much into all the time travel details, kind of, you know, back to, back to the future, frequency, that kind of stuff. They do more have fun with the film it's, it's definitely a comedy but it's uh it's a very well thought out comedy very excellent film now 
let's get into the the characters we have in this film. We have John Stockwell, which plays Mike. Now, John Stockwell, you're probably going to know him from the movie Christine, John Carpenter's Christine. We have his girlfriend, which is played by Danielle Von Zernick. Now, you're probably going to know her. She plays, um, she's in La Bamba. She plays Richie Valens' girlfriend, Donna. Um, this is the movie that I knew her from, and which is why I watched La Bamba. And then we have good old Fisher Stevens. Now, Fisher Stevens plays my favorite character of the film, which is Vinny. Uh, Vinny is the one-liner joke guy. Absolutely hilarious. Now, Fisher Stevens, you're probably going to know him from Short Circuit. He was played a small role in that film. And in Short Circuit 2, he took the same character, but he was the main star of Short Circuit 2. And then, of course, we have Dennis Hopper. He's the, as I said before, the science teacher. Uh, this is the first Dennis Hopper movie I actually saw. And my memories of Dennis Hopper are always this film. Then we have good old Sherman, played by Raphael Sabarge. And uh, the funny thing with this movie, you definitely couldn't tell that this is a time travel movie. Just by if you flip the channels, the movie came on, or you didn't read the back of the box. It's got a really cool feel to it. It's not like your typical time travel movie like Deja Vu or Back to the Future, Frequency. Uh, the characters are very, very interesting. Right off the bat, after the scene about the ship supposed to be destroyed, we get changed to 1985 the present and we get introduced to Mike and Vinny and Dennis Hopper and Mike John Stockwell does a really good job with making Mike stale and that's kind of in a good way because you want the main character of the film to go from point A to point B by the end of the film his character has changed now Vinny is my favorite character of the film but Mike is definitely, obviously, the star of the film. And one thing I really like about this film is the fact that they use their last names a lot in this film, which is really, really cool. And I don't mean by, you know, the actors. I mean, like, we have Mike Harlan. You know, we have Vinny Latello. You know, the only person, uh, we have uh, Sawyer. You know, instead of it's Ellie is her first name, Sawyer is her last. The only person that has a first name is Sherman. So it it's kind of funny. Uh right off the bat when we when we meet Vinny and Mike, you know, you can tell that they're friends. Vinny gives a smart comment about how Mike is going to fail his science class if he doesn't come up with a good science project. Now, Dennis Hopper, being the ex-hippie, he's like, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I just want you to come up with something good. He goes, well, I can make a car radar. He's like, you can do that in your sleep. you know. And that's when he goes on this whole hippie talk. Real funny scene, uh, but you kind of get the idea that Mike is all about cars. And he does a really good job of portraying the whole car love which is where I get the stale feel it's kind of like his protection he doesn't want to get hurt cars are his thing he knows that cars can't hurt him so therefore he only has relationship with his particular car and uh, he tries to avoid people the only person he's actually friends with is Vinny now uh, let's get into Vinny now Vinny is as I said my favorite character film and that's just because he Almost every scene he's in, he's got some smart comment that is absolutely hilarious. Now, Fisher Steven does an excellent job of Vinny of not making him unlikable. You know that he's a smart, you know, smart butt, smart ass, whatever you want to call it. He's just the typical 
smart-ass guy of the 80s, but he is very likable because of the way he comes across, the way he says stuff. And let's... The thing I'm going to do with this film is I can't even describe the way he says stuff or the lines, so I'm just going to play him for you when I get to a certain part of the film because you got to hear it's absolutely hilarious. And I know you've seen this film, but just by hearing it, it's going to spark your memory of, wow, man, that, that scene is hilarious. So right off the bat, when we get the first real scene of Mike and Vinny, he talks about uh, being dumped because right away Mike gets dumped by his girlfriend, which at the time his girlfriend is Crystal, which was cool for me because the movie, the main guy's name is Mike. My name is Mike. I had a girlfriend named Crystal. She dumped me. His girlfriend dumped him. It's like right away I, I really associated my life with this movie at the time. You know, of course, I was just a little kid, but you know how kid love is. It's, you know, it's kid love. So, but... Check this out real quick. This is where Vinny talks about how you got to treat a woman bad and because that's what my dad said. And you'll see where this scene goes. It's absolutely hilarious. I want you. Hey, yo, Mike. Mike. So what's the dish? Cousin fish? Come on, what happened? Tell me, talk to me. What happened? What? With who? With Crystal. I don't believe this. What, everybody know about this but me? Look, look, I seen this dynasty where this guy got a girl back with a chihuahua fur coat, huh? Ben, she doesn't want a fur coat, all right? She doesn't even want me. Oh, yeah? Well, what does she want? I don't know. She wants to be, uh, you know, romanced. Swept off her feet. Swept off her feet? Yeah, I just swept her off her feet, all right, with a left. Hey, a girl pulls that back in Brooklyn, I swear. Bam, on. Oh, right. okay, Vince. Hey, you're cool. You're cool, right? You're cool, huh? Yeah. I'm cool. I don't know, Vince. Crystal. Why can't women be like cars, you know? I mean, you put gas in the car and you cruise. Try and treat that girl nice and she leaves me in the dust. You know, my old man says treat broads like dirt and they love you. Oh, yeah? What's your old lady say? Come on. Oh, my parents are divorced. That's how come I'm living out here in the sticks with the old man. Right. Hey, hey, what did Sawyer want? I don't know. Yearbook stats. Hey, I hit on Sawyer once. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I tried to give her this Italian macho bod. What'd she do? Poor girl lost out. She <laughs> called me a word I had to look up in the dictionary. Hey, psych majors are nothing but trouble, Mike. Lay yeah. off. I'm serious. Okay, okay. Hey, check this out. You know, I put in these new lifters. Yeah. Blow Matuski away from Yeah, Matuski's a fag. Yeah. Oh, that's huh? Death. Huh? That's death. Let's go. I'll tell you, I just watched this movie, you know, to refresh my memory for the podcast. And just by importing that scene and listening to it, I was cracking up, man. You guys get the idea of what I mean by Vince here. He's absolutely hilarious, especially, you know, calling her names. She called me a name. I had to look up in a dictionary. I mean, this is a guy that... When I was a kid, I wanted to be like, I didn't really know about being from Brooklyn and all that other fun stuff. And tell you, this guy is absolutely hilarious. So um, as you can see, that's kind of how their relationship starts off in the film. Good, good stuff. Uh, Sawyer, uh, what they're referring to in the scene, that's where we meet uh, Ellie. Which Now, let's talk about Ellie real quick. Um, Danielle, which the girl from La Bama, she plays this girl really well. She's definitely... 
I would say the girl next door. She plays geek in a good way. Now, there's a difference between geek and nerd, especially back in the 80s. Uh, I guess back then, geek would be would be bad. It's not as cool as it is today. Nerd is definitely like, you know, we all know what Revenge of the Nerds is. That's what Sherman is, you know. Uh, she plays, you know, she's definitely the smart, intelligent girl, but she's definitely got a wild side. You could just see it. She's very cute, but she's very conservative at the same time. So the scene that uh, her and Mike have uh, prior to, um, you know, the whole scene that I just played for you before, she does a really good first impression of her character. And that slowly builds as we go on how she will eventually start to lose her glasses and she actually has a retainer and she she starts to lose that and she's her and Mike's relationship starts to get real good. So she is actually a really fun character. As I said, she's definitely a geek, but she's not a nerd. Now, Sherman, he's definitely the nerd. Uh, he is, you know, got the glasses, the pocket protector, but he's also the, the convenient character, the one that explains the story that you need to know about in the middle of the film. And uh, really enjoy Sherman. Uh, I've seen him in various movies like an Independence Day. He's one of the guys that talks to the president. You know, he's done a lot of um, small roles. This is the movie that whenever I see him on screen, I'm always like, hey, that's Sherman. So uh, real, real good stuff. Now, uh, the next scene that I want to talk about that I really, really enjoy is I call it the butt plug scene. And the reason why I call it that is this is the next funny scene with Vinny. Um, what happens is is Mike invites Ellie to go to the junkyard to find a science project. Because Ellie's basically asked Mike out because she really, really wants to to go out with them. His idea of a good time is obviously, you know, car shows, that kind of thing. But he figured he would take her to the U.S. military base uh, junkyard to find, number one, a science project. And number two, she wants to be a reporter. There's a story all around. He figures kill two birds with one stone. Well, Mike finds the, as we call, gizmo. Um, of course, he gets caught and he escapes in enough time. But what he doesn't realize is, is that his car actually gets shorted out from the gizmo, or a.k.a. the time machine, because it pulls electricity. Well, Mike's a.k.a. character development is that with him being the motorhead, you know, everybody knows that he is the man when it comes to cars. He can never let the world know that his car broke down. Well, that's what happened. His car gets shorted out and he has to call Vinny. Well, Vinny's making out with his girlfriend, and he goes to pick up Mike. And as I said, it's called the butt plug scene because of the fact of this guy is annoying him. And in the back of his trunk, he pulls out what's called the middle. It's a middle finger, but it's absolutely hilarious. And I'm just going to play a quick snippet of that scene because you got to hear it. It's funny, but the most thing that's the best is the scene that happens afterwards uh, between him, between Vinny and his girlfriend, the exchange that they make. It's absolutely hilarious, and you got to hear it. Check it out. Sawyer and Carly. <laughs> Wait till Chris will find out about this. Greeny, zip it up, huh? <laughs> Sit on this, butt plug. What's that, the right cue? You know, you ain't exactly... 
exactly been the perfect date, Vinny. You ain't exactly been the perfect date, Remy. Since when? Since it's 10 o'clock and you still ain't turned into a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> well, you can just drip, hum hole. The sock ain't fooling anyone. Poor girl. You know, I seen this movie where this haunted car flames guys out. Yeah. I wonder what the hell shorted out the electrical system. Look at the starter. Totally shot. I swear, somebody's got it in for you, Mikey. Yeah, it pisses me off. Oh! I remember this Mannix where these dudes are after this other dude, right? So the dudes put a stick of dynamite in the first dude's car. So when he turns the ignition, all of a sudden... It gets flamed, right? Oh, you seen it too? Okay, now, if you didn't catch that joke, would be the Christine joke. Uh, John Stockwell was in Christine. That's what that scene was about, where the car flamed people out. So that's kind of an inside joke. So a lot of people caught it. A lot of people didn't catch it. So just in case you didn't, that joke was about Christine. So that's kind of the stories that Vinny does throughout the movie is, hey, I remember this one time where this guy did this, and Mike always catches him on the story. Absolutely hilarious. But uh, that's one of my... Uh, another great Vinny scene, as I like to call it. Now, let's get into the one scene of the film. This is my, this is the one scene that is very hard for me because I absolutely love the scene, but I hate it at the same time. And what I mean by that is, is when the gizmo is given to their science teacher Bob, aka Dennis Hopper. At this point, the guys have figured out that they have a time machine. And the reason they do that is Mike's cleaning the gizmo. It activates. Therefore, they hook a battery to it. Battery slimes out. Stuff starts going in and out of the room. And when they walk out of the room, they realize they've gone two hours in the future. Therefore, when they go and see Bob, he gets mad at them because they skipped the science final. He's like, we got to show you something. So they go and meet him at the school because they figure he's the only one that's going to believe them. Well, and also, Sherman has also pointed out the fact that uh, when you're dealing with the time-space warp, that things can come in and out from different dimensions. You know, like I said, Sherman's the, the guy that gives you the information that you need at the time. And the reason why I say the scene coming up is the one that I absolutely love and hate is because when they activate the time warp, the and the way they do that is they plug in the gizmo into electricity and the reason why they do that is is when Bob tries to figure out what kind of metal it is it shorts out his metal thing and he notices that it can't be from this planet that the metal has got to be older than earth once they plug it into an outlet that's when it becomes full strength and the, a time warp actually opens and after all craziness happens Bob is then transferred into a time warp he's gone they can't believe it and they know that they have to shut down the time warp. Now, the only way that they can do that is to black out town. Now, the scene is that they use the GTO, Mike's car, to outrun the electricity. And the reason why I absolutely love this scene is probably the most one of the most action-packed scenes of the film. This is kind of where things are starting to build up and get crazy. It's a very exciting scene. But the problem I have with it is okay we know movie time if things happen within two minutes it's probably you know two hours or something like that so the moment that Mike and Vinny and Ellie 
are in the car and they're able to uh, they hit the blower on the GTO and they finally pass the they finally pass electricity. Well, it's only maybe about two or three seconds and they crash. They get out of the car, they look back, and you can tell it looks like it's about I would say second wise it looks like it's probably going to hit them in about 20 seconds and in that scene they hook up dynamite they use wires and they have problems igniting it Mike has to use his car to activate the dynamite so the reason I hate it is because the very first time I saw it, and usually I'm one of those people that I don't notice stuff until after multiple viewings right away when I was a kid I said wait a second how is it that they finally pass the time warp, they look behind them, and then they crash, and it was like maybe two or three seconds after they passed it. And then it looks like it's going to hit them about 20 seconds. How could they have enough time to get the dynamite, which, by the way, they actually stole from his dad's hardware, stop, hardware store. They tape it around, they're still wiring, and then they have enough time to not have it work then Mike has to go to his car and then stick the wires in the engine to therefore activate the dynamite and blow it up. It just doesn't work for me. It just was not enough time for them to pull that off. It's always bothered me. It's always irked me. But at the same time, I love that scene because it's just so... The car Can the car do it? Can the car do it? Can it outrun it? Can it get to the dynamite? Can it hook up the dynamite? It's just a very scene that I, I struggle with because I really, really enjoy it, but I hate it at the exact same time. But that is my my huge problem with the film, is that scene there. Um, but after that is where we get to the real good, fun Vin stuff, Vinny stuff. Um, at this point... The town is blacked out, so they want to go back to the high school to pick up the gizmo, and that's when the cops are there. And I get a really excellent, fun scene with Vinny, and you gotta check this out. This is hilarious. How do we get the gizmo out of the high school and past the fuzzballs? Damn. Police. Those maggots. Come on. Michael, don't you think we should tell the police? What? Simple. We flamed our science teacher and sent him into a war. What are we gonna do? About one to five with good behavior. Vinny. Hey, this is me. Yeah, okay. So, you're cool. I'm cool. We're cool. Thank you. Good night. Hilarious. Yes, I know. So, basically, now we get to the, so to speak, climax of the film because now uh, the cops are at Mike's house. And the cop that we have, his name is Jack Nolte. Now, Jack Nolte is, if you guys remember the movie License to Drive, the father of Corey Haim, he is the cop that actually plays Jack Nolte. So he takes Mike and Vinny down to the police station. We get some real funny scenes of Vinny talking. But we get my ultimate favorite line of the film, which is the whole reason why I quote this film is because of this line. I still use this line as of today. It's absolutely excellent. And this is the the part that takes place right before the climax of the film. Absolutely hilarious. Check it out. Hi, Mom. Oh, you little cockroach. Hey, what's the matter? I got boogers? Huh? Hey, kid. Why do you wear sunglasses at night? 
Because when you're cool, the sun shines on you 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Chill out, Butch. And get a shave. That is my favorite line from any movie, hands down. I still use that line today. It's absolutely hilarious. But right after that scene, the gizmo knocks the power out because uh, Sherman was stupid and he plugged the gizmo into the same power that Bob did. So therefore, he, of course, activated the time warp and it knocked out the power at the police station. The guys are able to escape. They get to the school. Sherman busts out and basically says he had no idea. He's sorry. But, you know, Ellen is now, uh, Ellie is now at the top of the staircase. And that's when we get another hilarious line by Vinny. The whole school's in the warp! What are you talking about? I got an eye in the world! Gia Mulaney? <laughs> coming or not, huh? Okay, okay, okay. Where are you going? I'm coming, I'm coming. But if I'm gonna wind up in another dimension like Barbarino, I'm going in there packing. <laughs> Good luck! Oh, no, 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 no. This is no time to be sitting around sucking snot. After you, lunch meat. Oh, no! We'll never come back! Now, this is basically the end of the film, where this is the time part of the film. As you can tell, we're almost done with the film, so really no time travel has taken place. But this is where the dimensions collide, and we get different dimensions within the school. But they keep going in and out, so it, it to them it looks like it's almost optical illusions, until those illusions start to become real. Now, as again, some of the funniest lines and scenes are from Vince. And I'm just basically going to give you the best of the best of what happens here. Uh, the first part is where he gets attacked by a Neanderthal man. Then they get attacked by mutants. Uh, then after that, they're going to go up against a dinosaur. Uh, real hilarious stuff. And then uh, finally, after they take out the dinosaur, they got to. They finally. They find. They find Ellie, and then finally, they Mike has to go shut the gizmo off. And when he shuts the gizmo off, he gets sucked up into a time warp. But I'll get into that in just a minute. Check out some of the funniest parts of this scene grouped together. These are optical delusions, like ghosts, so it's cool. Here comes Latello, yo! Son of a bitch, what do you call this, Wawa? Actually, I think you caught a, a Neanderthal man. Yeah, well, I don't care what country he's from. One shot in the chones and he's down. Oh, I don't believe this. I could be at home watching Magnum. Stop whining, Latello. Come on, let's Whining? Go. Barney Rubble just tried to flame me out. Hey, you guys, wait up! Hey, scope that faggot in the tutu. Paisano. We're friends, all right? Just friends. Sherm, what's he saying? He's going to kick our ass. Wow. Go ahead, make my semester. Come on! What is that? I Sherman? Got me, Mike. Oh, terrific. The answer man is stumped. 
This plant has been extinct for, for 60 million years. Yeah? Well, I ain't never seen one before. You gonna make it, Benny? Me? I'm so scared, I'm thinking about God. So those are some of my all-time favorite Vinny scenes towards the end. Absolutely hilarious. So as I said, uh, Mike is able to shut off his science project. Uh, he gets sucked into the warp, but after everything is basically stopped, the warp decides to basically bring him back. Uh, Bob comes back and uh, gives Mike an A in a science project, but the only condition is he's got to get rid of the gizmo, gets rid of it. And uh, this is kind of where the character development is officially changed, where Mike... Mike now has changed. Basically, his car just runs out of gas, and he has the same line as before about uh, leaving uh, his car behind. And and that's when Ellie just kind of repeats the same thing he did earlier. He's like, "Hey, it's just a car." And they walk off together. You can see his whole attitude has changed, and uh, you know he's basically let his guard down. And after everything that's happened. He realizes that the car thing and his whole attitude is pretty much trivial and his friends and her are all that matters and the movie ends and a pretty cool credit scene. We kind of see some missing scenes of Vinny being in the class in high school doing some real funny stuff. Uh, I hadn't seen something like that in any other movie really. Uh, they're kind of like deleted scenes mixed into the credits. Pretty cool. So all in all, guys, that's my review of my science project. Uh, I definitely give it a very, very strong four. Uh, being the fanboy of me, I definitely give it a strong four. A weak four and a half. Um, you know, it's definitely 80s, uh, but it it lives up to this day. I still love it just as much as I did the first time. Uh, it could go anywhere between a four, four and a half, but a very, very, very strong four. I could never give it anything lower than a four, uh, but a possibly weak four and a half. But hands down, it's a four. Four stars, one of my all-time favorite movies. Absolutely love it. So that is basically the show for today. Um, the Spotlight song. This song, I was uh, listening to it on the radio, and I swear to God I was hearing 80s rock, but it had like an Evanescence-type feel to it. And the name of this band is called Hellstorm. And the name of the song is called It's Not You. And if you like 80s hair rock, like 80s, you know, Bon Jovi, that kind of stuff, you know, Guns N' Roses, just the big 80s hair metal bands, uh, take that mixed with an Evanescent style of rock, put it together, and that's this band. And this song is absolutely amazing. It's called It's Not You. I guarantee that you will enjoy it. And I have this CD. I listened to it about six times all the way through. I never skipped a track. And it's very hard to find a CD like that. So I highly suggest you guys go pick up this CD. So the next time I will talk to you guys, I will be reviewing Buried with my good friend Jason. And uh, that is it for tonight. You guys take care. Here is It's Not You. And this is Masunas out. gonna do see these lips are all done talking to you i don't mean
your ego But I've had you nailed down for so long I don't see your name on my tattoo Hope you understand It's been a long time coming It's for the best No offense, I'm in love with somebody Found someone who completes me I'm in love with somebody Oh yeah And it's not you I know who you think you are 